Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Our ministry of worship continues even though the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. When you hear that last line, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. When you hear that bit about other sheep who will be part of the Good Shepherd's one flock, what does that prompt in you? I doubt that you react, other sheep, ooh, I don't like other sheep. So what I'm wondering is how many of you instinctively think, other sheep, nice. I wonder when they'll join us. Or maybe you instinctively think, other sheep. You mean me? Neither perspective is wrong or right, but I bet most of us see ourselves as part of the main flock in this story, even as some of us feel more like part of that not-yet-fully-included flock. When the verdict in Derek Chauvin's trial was announced, one African-American woman was heard to tearfully exclaim, We matter! Her surprise shows how other sheep are often made to feel. It's helpful to notice our instinctive perspective, but what matters more, far more, is our recognition of God's determination to include the other sheep. Embracing that truth is crucial in our life with the Good Shepherd. Now, since Jesus was talking to a Jewish audience, including his disciples and the Pharisees, the main flock in today's story are Jews, and Jesus is alerting them to the reality of other sheep who are Gentiles. Unifying those two flocks is a chunk of Jesus' mission that will be picked up by the early church, most especially by the Apostle Paul. But the author of the Gospel of John was writing for a splinter group, a community of Christ followers who'd been ejected from the synagogue. So John works overtime to craft a unique gospel that will help create an identity for these people. And yet, even in the midst of that effort, the gospel writer sees fit to remind his beleaguered flock that there are other sheep who are also known and loved by the Good Shepherd. I stand in awe of how counterculturally inclusive the Good Shepherd's use of other is. I don't have to tell you that human history is pocked with devastation inflicted by making someone other. It's become a verb. To other someone is to see them as different and let the distance that's created by that difference become a space 
where a false hierarchy of worth is imposed. And it has had horrific consequences. When the Europeans dispersed to other continents, they saw native peoples as other, and that othering labeled the native people as savages, which meant they could be killed or dispossessed of their land and stripped of their culture. When the framers of the US Constitution declared enslaved individuals to be three-fifths of a person, that othering ensured that black people would continue to be treated as less than fully human. When people were required to wear a yellow star, that identified them not simply as Jewish, but as other, which paved the way for their extermination. The list goes on. Othering contributes to the wage gap, to the achievement gap, to the grotesque ease with which an altercation turns into a shooting, to the gross generalization that all cops are bad. People have this perverse passion for othering others. <laughs> and we don't even limit it to other people. If humankind saw itself as part of the same flock as the rest of God's good creation, as opposed to othering the natural world, we would not treat the rest of creation as something to be exploited and abused. Othering is a ticket to all sorts of evil. Yet the Good Shepherd uses other in a radically different model. The Good Shepherd promises relationship with and inclusion of this other flock of other sheep. All this talk of shepherds and sheep requires me to note that both of today's texts assume familiarity with shepherds and sheep. The psalmist could see shepherds and sheep. Millennia later, Jesus could see shepherds and sheep. Decades after that, the gospel writer could see shepherds and sheep. But most of us can't see shepherds and sheep. But occasionally, our friend David is a pastor whose varied career includes a couple of summers running Camp Buck, a Presbyterian camp up in North Carolina. And Camp Buck had all of the usual stuff, trails and boats and songs and bug bites and splinters and sunburn, you know, all of the basic summer camp stuff. But it also offered some less usual features. The campers grew vegetable gardens and split firewood and looked after real-life sheep with the help of an assortment of working dogs. It must be noted that these dogs were not official sheepdogs. I have seen official sheepdogs in action in rural Scotland, and they are incredible. Each dog has his or her own particular personal repertoire of whistled commands, and that particular pattern of pitches will send one and only one dog off on one and only one herding maneuver. For example, whistle one will send dog A rocketing off way to the side and then hooking back quickly, very efficiently, tightening the far flank of the flock. And then whistle combination two will send dog B inching forward in an intense belly crawl to 
intimidate some obstinate sheep back into place. And then whistle three will send dog C just sauntering off in this jaunty fashion that somehow communicates to the sheep, hey, there must be clover over there. And they just follow. It's incredible. These dogs were actual literal champions, which means they have nothing in common with the camp buck dogs who really belonged on the Isle of Misfit Toys. But the camp buck dogs were necessary to the well-being of the camp buck sheep because sheep need all the help they can get. Sheep are not very bright. Sheep are prone to accident and susceptible to disease. Sheep are essentially defenseless. And worst of all, sheep are delicious. That collection of traits means that sheep simply would not make it without a good shepherd. As our erstwhile shepherd friend once put it, to be a shepherd, you gotta appreciate sheep are more than just wool and meat. God, the good shepherd, appreciates God's sheep. That would be us. As more than what can be marketed and consumed. In fact, God, the good shepherd, accompanies us in green pastures and in shadowed valleys, anoints us in the presence of our enemies, and welcomes us into the household of God. What we have to bear in mind is that that same good shepherd care is extended to other sheep. Right now, Covenant Presbyterian Church is on the brink of a never-happened-before experiment in how to be one flock rather than letting ourselves engage in any othering. Right now, you are all part of an online congregation. But in two weeks, some of you will continue worshiping from wherever you may be, while others of you will be worshiping right here in this sanctuary. Will we manage to be one flock? In addition to those tried and true church otherings like what people wear or how their children behave, we will suddenly become a hybrid church of in-person and online. Will those of us who instinctively see ourselves as the main flock, forget that God is lovingly intent on all those other sheep, too. Last Friday night, I had my first chance to be part of a hybrid congregation. <laughs> An emailed invitation provided me with a link to click so that I could participate in an online Vimeo wedding. And that's a phrase I never thought I'd say. There was a small in-person congregation, a handful of family members spread across the sanctuary of First Presbyterian Church right down on Peachtree, while nearly 200 of us tuned in from who knows where. At one point, Reverend Tony Sundemeyer invited everyone to stand and pledge their loving support for the couple. 
And so Clark and I stood up there in our dining room to signify that we would do what we could on behalf of the newlyweds. We were all one flock, not because of Tony's shepherding, although I hold, hold Tony in very high esteem, but because we were united in a purpose infinitely greater than any of us, the purpose of reflecting God's shepherding love. It was a valuable experience for me as Covenant gets ready to welcome in-person worshipers while not abandoning online worshipers. I'd been thinking about this already, I admit, because <laughs> this online congregation includes my mother in Nashville, Tennessee, and my Aunt Jean all the way up in Wisconsin. Now, they tune in because they love me. Although, as a former church musician, Aunt Jean may actually be here because of Jeffrey. But <laughs> we are all called together by a shared purpose infinitely greater than any of us. We are gathered by the creation unifying force that is the Good Shepherd. I began this sermon by wondering how you respond to a phrase in our gospel reading. And I'll close by wondering how you respond to our other reading. If you have a favorite phrase in that most beloved of all psalms, tell us what it is in the comments. My favorite image is that very last one. I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Maybe you can put in the comments if you also get choked up at the Psalm 23 hymn that we'll sing in a few minutes. To think that I am welcome in the household of God. But the thing to bear in mind, the thing to bear in mind is that the Good Shepherd is equally hospitable to other sheep. All of us, especially those who instinctively see ourselves as part of the main flock, may all of us live in ways that reflect our awareness that we aren't the only lives that matter to God. The Good Shepherd is counterculturally inclusive of all the other sheep, too. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us live on Facebook or YouTube. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information, as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.